a seat, get nice and comfy. Let's just open up with a word of prayer before we open up the, uh, the Bible here. Um, if we can all bow our heads and close our eyes. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for your presence, God, that you're here, that you're with us in this place right now, Lord God. And we focus our attention on you, Lord God, even on a night like the hype, God, where there's arts and performances, God, we understand, Lord God, it's all because of you, Lord. We understand, Lord God, that God, all the praise, all the glory, God, everything belongs to you, Jesus. We give it to you, Lord God. We surrender it to you, God. Even now as we speak, Lord God, we give you our attention, Lord God. I come against any and all distractions in the name of Jesus, Lord. And I ask you that your spirit, God, would let the word of God, would let the gospel go forth in power, God, and would pierce hearts tonight in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this place, God. Continue to use us, Lord God. Move in a mighty way tonight. In your name I pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. If we can all open up uh, our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53. For those of you who know, we've been going through the chosen uh, sermon series. It's been a powerful time uh, just looking at the different people in the Bible who have been chosen by God. Um, the first week we looked at Moses. I shared on Moses and how he was arguing with God after God had chosen him and called him out to do his work. And Moses was so full of low self-esteem and didn't believe that he could be used by God in anything and was arguing with God and trying to tell God, Lord, you got it mixed up. You got it all wrong. You can't use me, Lord. What are you talking about? After God clearly laid out everything for Moses that he was with him, that he'd give him the words to speak. And instead of God using Moses, he had to end up using Aaron um, to, to proclaim God's word to the people of Israel. Then the next week, who did we talk about after Moses? Who? Bam. Thank you, Julian. Yes. We talked about Jonah and how God called Jonah. God knocked on Jonah's heart and said, hey, go to the people of Nineveh. Proclaim the gospel to them. Tell them to repent. They only have so many days left to live. Proclaim this to the nation of Nineveh, to the city of Nineveh. And Jonah uh, he didn't even say anything to God in response to that. He just left. He just went in the opposite direction and started doing his own thing. He ended up having a change of heart later on. But even though God was trying to choose Jonah, Jonah chose to run away and chose to go in the opposite direction. The previous week, Joby brought a powerful word about being chosen to suffer for the gospel. And we looked at how Paul was just uh, beaten and, and persecuted and stoned and left for dead, all these different things because of the gospel, because God chose him to suffer for the gospel, and Paul embraced that. And how many of you guys know, as Christians, we have to suffer. We have to count the cost for what it means to be a Christian. If we really believe uh, Jesus Christ, if we really believe that he died on the cross and rose again on the third day, we have to act like it. We have to step out in faith and, and represent that wherever we go. We can't just uh, say, oh, I'm a Christian, and not be willing to take the heat for that. Amen? You have to stand up for Jesus when people are mocking God, when people people are making fun of God, you have to say, no, don't do that. I'm a believer. I, I love Jesus. I don't do what you're doing. You, you should stop that, right? We should all take a stand for the gospel more often and, and learn how to and embrace that just that suffering um, that, that a lot of us go through as Christians and as believers. Now for today, in Isaiah 53, I know we have it up here on the screen, there's somebody else who was chosen that I want to bring to your attention tonight. And I won't mention who that person is, but I just want to give a description here in Isaiah 53. This, 
this chapter and these, these, these verses that we're going to read tonight gives us a description of this person who was chosen by God. It gives us a description of what he was like, of what he was about, of how people viewed him, right? So if we can, without further ado, go here. Starting in verse 1, it says, who, who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Whoever this person was, they had no beauty. They had no majesty. They were not attractive. People were not ooing and eyeing as they walked down the street. That's not this type of person. They weren't attractive in that way. They had no beauty or majesty, nothing in, a, in his appearance that we should desire him. There was nothing appealing about how he looked. In verse 3, it says he was despised and rejected by mankind. Sounds like a fun job to have. This person, whoever they were, not only were they not really attractive, not, not only were they not really uh, just beautiful and majestic to the, to the eye, to the human, uh, human eye and, and, and people looking at them, but they were despised. They were rejected. They were an outcast. They were put outside of the circle. Imagine being despised growing up as people look at you in school, as people look at you in, in family get-togethers. You're despised. You're rejected. Oh, that kid. Oh, that cousin. Oh, uncle so-and-so's here. Oh, my gosh. You know, right? This, this person was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like run from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Another translation says that uh, people viewed him as insignificant, not that important. If you were to see him walking down the street, you would not think this person has any significance whatsoever. This person was very plain, very down to earth, nothing quote unquote special about him, nothing significant to uh, to, to people as they looked at him in passing. Now, before I move on, this is the description that Isaiah, the prophet in the Old Testament, he's giving this person who I'm going to name, who's been chosen by God. Clearly, this person doesn't have a lot going for them technically. Again, they're not attractive. They're not majestic. They're not beautiful. They're not... Um, they're not held in high esteem by the people around them. It says that they held him in low uh, esteem. They considered him insignificant, not that important, right? Maybe you can get a clue here of what these, these verses are talking about by verse 4. It says then next, it says, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. Does anybody know who this, these verses are talking about by any chance, by, uh, by these, these different ones here? We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open up his mouth. This verse is saying that whenever he got attacked, whenever he got mocked, whenever people made fun of him, he didn't open up his mouth. He didn't defend himself. He didn't try and, uh, and make a case for himself. He, he, he did not open up his mouth at all. It says he was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent. 
so he did not open up his mouth. Does anybody have a clue who this, these verses are talking about by any chance? Anybody want to shout it out? Jesus! It's talking about Jesus. It's talking about Jesus. Did you guys know that about Jesus? That he was despised by people? That when he was walking on the earth, he was looked at as insignificant? That he had nothing to attract people to him? There was no beauty or majesty to him? You know, it's interesting, on a night like the hype, you know, we're, we're, we're all about just, you know, uh, showcasing the talent and, and all these different things and giving God the glory through that, and it's awesome and it's amazing. But let's be honest, if you were to look at Jesus growing up 2,000 years ago, there was really no hype about Jesus. There was no hype about who he was, about what he was doing. He looked like your average person. There was no majestic appearance. As we all know, you know, for those of you who celebrated Christmas this past year, he was born in a manger. He wasn't even uh, born in a, a fancy, rich palace. This person was very poor, grew up as a carpenter, was despised and rejected by people, by mankind. The Jesus that we serve, the Jesus that we worship, that we sing worship songs to uh, during the time of Elevate and on Sundays and whatnot. Guys, this person that we worship and love and adore was, was really, there was no, no hype surrounding him when he was on the earth. There was no majestic appearance, no smoke and mirrors. It says he was rejected by mankind like one from whom people hide their faces. Jesus was not the popular guy on the block. Jesus did not woo everybody by how talented he was, by how charismatic he was. He was a very average person. And this is how Jesus chose to walk on the earth. He was fully God, but when he became a man, he chose the most average-looking body you could possibly imagine. If Jesus were to walk in here, some of you might miss him because he's, he would look so normal. There was nothing special about his appearance. And as he walked the earth, nobody really paid attention to him in that kind of way. But as we see in verse 4, it says here that this person, this Jesus, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. The person that nobody paid attention to, the person that everyone thought was insignificant and not really that important, that person begins to take center stage and begins to take upon the suffering of all humanity, is punished by God, is led to the slaughter as a sheep. Figuratively speaking, of course, it says he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. This person that people overlooked, this person that people uh, reduced to nothing and said that he was insignificant and not really that important, this very person was the person that was going to deliver them, was the person that was going to save them, was the person that was going to take upon himself their iniquity, their transgressions, their wrongdoings, their sins. This nobody that the world would label. He chose to be the one to take upon the sins of the world, and he didn't do it in a prideful way, flaunting it to everyone around him. 
When he was mocked, when people were challenging him, when people were making fun of him, he remained silent and didn't even say anything back to them. Jesus was one of the most humble. He was the most humble person that ever walked the earth. He was normal in appearance. And when people tried to attack him and bring him down, friends, he did not try and defend himself. He just remained silent. He didn't need to defend himself. He knew who he was. And this Jesus took upon himself our suffering. He was crushed for our iniquities. In verse 6, it says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus took upon himself all of the sins of the world. Every sin, all of the iniquity, it was laid upon Jesus. This average-looking person who walked the earth, who might have been missed by, by, by the merchants, who might have been missed by the, 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 the onlookers, the governors, the rich people, the poor people, whoever, they all might have missed Jesus. But, but Jesus, this person who was right in front of them the whole time, was the very one who would bear their iniquities, their sins, who would take their sins upon himself and be crucified to the cross. And it's amazing that Jesus chooses to go this route in such a very humble way and suffer on behalf of mankind. You see, Jesus was not obligated to go through this. He wasn't obligated to be rejected by mankind. As a matter of fact, when he hung on the cross, he, it says he could have called down a legion of angels. He could have called down an army of angels to destroy the Roman soldiers that put him there on the cross. But he didn't do that. He stayed there on the cross, bleeding, dying, suffocating to death. He chose to stay there because he knew his mission and he knew why he was chosen. He was chosen to take upon himself the suffering, the sin, the iniquity. And despite people mocking him and despite people tormenting him and despite people rejecting him and whipping him and, and, and beating him, despite all of the persecution, despite all the attacks, he didn't give up. He didn't back down in his calling. He knew who he was. He knew what his mission was, and he stuck through it despite the rejection, despite the humiliation. Being God, imagine walking down the street and people are looking at you as if you're this nobody. This is God we're talking about in the flesh, and nobody's recognizing him as Jesus. And nobody's recognizing him as God. The Bible says that light came into the world, but men loved their darkness instead of light. Jesus was the embodiment of God. He had the light of life inside of him, yet nobody wanted it. People rejected him. People dismissed him. People overlooked him. People said, no, this person was just a, just a carpenter's son. This, just, this was just a random, random kid growing up in, the, in, in this neighborhood. Nobody's special here. You don't have to listen to what he's saying. He's just an average guy. I saw him grow up in the streets. There's nothing really special about him or significant about what he's saying. And they rejected it plainly. They rejected Jesus. They rejected what Jesus taught, what he was about. But despite all of that, 
He stuck with his calling. He was chosen by God to go through this. God chose Jesus to take upon himself this mission. Again, Jesus wasn't obligated to go through this and to be rejected and despised by mankind, but he accepted the call. And he was willing to go through it. He was willing to suffer. He was willing to be rejected. He was willing to be despised and overlooked. Jesus was willing to be overlooked. Jesus was willing to be viewed as insignificant. He was willing to be dismissed by others because Jesus knew why he was here on the earth. He had a mission. And he understood that the sins of the world needed to be taken care of. And you see, guys, for me and for you, the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all made mistakes. We've all sinned against the Lord. We've all done things that we know we shouldn't do that are evil in the sight of God. We've all sinned. If anybody's perfect, I'd like to meet you. None of us are because we've all sinned and we've all fallen short. And the thing is, guys, we deserve punishment for our sin. We deserve to be outcasted and rejected. We deserve to be punished. We deserve to suffer. We deserve to be led to the slaughterhouse because of the evil that we've done, because of the evil thoughts that we have, because of the evil way we act towards our parents or towards our friends. We deserve to be on that cross. We deserve the suffering that Jesus experienced when he was walking this earth. We deserve the humiliation. It was supposed to be us. If we want to talk about obligation and what was supposed to happen, friends, we were supposed to be the ones experiencing the humiliation and shame for our sins. Rightfully so, because we chose to sin. We chose to go against God's word. We chose to rebel against his teachings. Hello, somebody. That's what sin is. You know what you should do, but you don't do it. And we choose those different things, and we've all sinned and fallen short, and we deserve rightful punishment for those sins. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. If you've sinned, you deserve death. You deserve to be humiliated. You deserve to be mocked. You deserve to be rejected. You deserve to be thrown as an outcast. That's what you are supposed to get. That's what I'm supposed to get. Everyone here, we're supposed to be punished for our sins, rejected, thrown outside of God's presence. We're supposed to be oppressed. That's what we deserve, rightful punishment, oppressed and afflicted, mocked, crushed. We should have been the ones to be crushed. Yet that's not how the story plays out, at least while we're still alive. You see, Jesus went through all these different things, taking up our pain and our suffering, being overlooked, being dismissed. You see, he went through that because he was taking upon himself what we deserved. He was taking upon himself the rightful punishment that was supposed to be upon us. You see, we were supposed to be crushed. We were supposed to be taken and and punished for the sins that we've committed. But Jesus chose to take it upon himself. He became the sacrifice for our sins. And the punishment that was supposed to be upon us became upon him. 
He was punished for your sin. He was punished for the evil thoughts you had. He was punished for the evil relationships that you have. He was punished for the words that you use when you're talking to your parents. He was punished for that. Jesus took the punishment that you deserve upon himself. And look how he did it. Again, in verse 7, it says he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not even open up his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. He didn't deserve it. He didn't deserve to be punished. He didn't deserve to be mocked. He didn't deserve to be outcasted. He didn't deserve to be humiliated. But he chose to go through it because he knew that he was taking the punishment that we deserved upon himself. Now, the thing is, guys, if we don't accept what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross, and if we don't choose to surrender to the Lord, we are actually going to end up getting punished one day. The Bible says that tomorrow is not guaranteed. We're all going to die at some point. And when we do, if we have not accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're going to receive all the punishment that we deserve. And by that time, it's going to be too late. And you're going to spend the rest of eternity in hell as an outcast, rejected by God, surrounded by torment. And you deserve that. We deserve that. I deserve that. But the good news is if we accept Jesus Christ, if we repent of our sin and say, God, I don't want to live this way anymore. If that is our heart's cry tonight, then guys, God will save you. And the punishment that was supposed to be due you will go to God. The punishment that you deserved for the sins that you committed, Jesus will cleanse you. He'll make you new. And you'll be able to receive what he did for you on the cross. I want to encourage you tonight, guys, as we're moving forward in this year, it's almost the end of January. How are you guys doing on those New Year's resolutions, right? It's almost the end of January, and we're moving forward in this new year. Guys, who are you going to choose to follow? What kind of life decisions are you going to make? Are you going to keep living the same way? Are you going to keep overlooking Jesus? Are you going to keep dismissing what God's trying to tell you every time you come to Elevate? Are you going to keep putting it to the side? Are you going to keep putting it off? When you hear a gospel presentation that Jesus died for your sins, that he loves you, that you deserve punishment, but the punishment went to Jesus instead, are you going to repent of your sin? Are you going to give your life to Jesus and say, okay, God, thank you for doing that. I'm going to surrender my life to you right now. How are you going to choose to live in this year of 2018? It's up to you. It's your choice. And you can either choose to keep living however you want, keep doing what you want to do, or you can choose to surrender to the Lord and say, God, I'm done with my sin. I don't want to live like this anymore. I'm going to surrender to you. I want to see people make decisions and elevate. I want to see people stop being decisive. I want to see people stop being confused, stop playing one game and then playing another game. Guys, we have to draw the line and say, okay, I'm going to serve Jesus now. I'm going to live for God now. I'm not going to play games anymore and dismiss Jesus 
and overlook what he's trying to tell me and dismiss him as if, he, as if he's just some other random person. No, are you going to recognize that Jesus is Lord? Are you going to recognize that Jesus is God and that he deserves your worship? He deserves your life. Are you going to keep living however you want to live in full rebellion towards God and his teachings? Guys, are you going to live for Jesus? Are you going to live for the Lord? Or are you going to keep doing what you're doing? I'm going to have an altar call in a second. But before I do, I want Chris to come up. He's going to sing a special song. I want to encourage you guys, as he sings this song, I want you guys to look at your heart and ask yourself, am I willing to surrender to the Lord? Am I willing to give up my life for Jesus? Or am I going to keep playing games? Am I going to keep playing God? Am I going to keep dismissing God every time God tries to reach out to me? It's your choice, friend. I want to encourage you, listen to this song, and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. What fortune lies beyond the stars, those dazzling heights too vast to climb. I got so high to fall so far, but I found heaven as your love swept low. My heart beating, my soul breathing. I found my life when I laid it down. A word falling, spirit soaring. I touched the sky when my knees hit the ground. What treasure waits within your scars? This gift of freedom gold came by. I bought the world and sold my heart. And you trade heaven just to have me again. My heart beating, my soul breathing. I've found my life when I laid it down. A word falling. Spirit soaring, I touch the sky when my knees hit the ground. So find me here at your feet again. Everything I am, reaching out, I surrender. Sweep me up in your love again, and my soul will dance on the wings of forever. My heart beating, my soul breathing. I found my life when I laid it down. Upward falling, spirit soaring. I touch the sky when my knees hit the ground. When my knees hit the ground. So find me here at your feet again. Everything I am. Reaching out, I surrender. Come sweep me up in your love again. And my soul will dance on the wings of forever. My heart beating. My soul breathing, I found my life when I laid it down. 
a word falling, spirit soaring. I touch the sky when my knees hit the ground. Amen, amen. Daryl, if you can come to the keys. If we can all stand in this place. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> 